0: Hello Bitcoiners, welcome back to the show. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. Today we're going to talk about several current topics. Uh, first is going to be of course the price and then we're going to talk about uh, stablecoins, state-sponsored stablecoins, the nakamoto.com controversy, and then whether the halvening is priced in. I'm going to do a whirlwind tour here, try to get all of this in in a short period of time, so stick with me. Let's go. Before I jump into price, I just want to remind you guys that this is a listener supported podcast going over to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. You can show your support for the show. You can become a member of the show and get member only podcasts. And also you can get the member newsletter that has a lot of price analysis, a lot of macro analysis, more commentary, uh, insider commentary on the space. So going over to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets to support my content. All right, let's jump into the price. What do we have here on Bitstamp? We have seventy nine, eighty one. A little bit of a turnaround. I mean, we've had two days here of back and forth. Of course, we broke out of this inverse head and shoulders that I was pointing out on my newsletters, and we went up to the top of the channel that I've been calling for for over a month now to get up to the top of the channel, and we did that in pretty spectacular fashion during this Iran, Iran situation, and it was funny to watch like gold breaking out and Bitcoin breaking out. Gold went up what, like uh, 5% in the week and Bitcoin went up 17, 20% in that week. So it was a pretty stark difference here. Even in the safe haven type of time, Bitcoin is still outperforming gold and that will continue. Of course, uh, Bitcoin will go up probably 10 times faster than gold will in this climate. And the the more it does that, the more it will do that because people will see that and they will run to Bitcoin instead of running to gold. But I do not think that this is a safe haven play yet. I just believe that this Iran situation kind of dried up some of the order books and the whales found it, um, found it easier to move the price, especially in the upward direction. So that's what, uh, what I see going on there. Of course, at the end here, we'll talk about being priced in. If the havening is being priced in, this goes into the idea of being a bull market right now that we're, we're, we're favoring the bullish. We have a bullish bias in this market. The low is most likely in. In my estimation here and what I've been writing about in my newsletters is I expect a breakout of this channel uh, in the next week or two. Either we do that sideways or we go slightly up, but, um, there's just less available Bitcoin to buy right now. And if demand is constant, then that means the price has to trickle upward. And we'll see that. We saw that during other cycles, and, and that's the way it's, they kind of start. It, it leaves room for bears to be like, oh, no, we haven't broken out yet. We're going back down. And, and it gives them room to miss to miss this. But um, that's, that's what I see going forward. I don't want to get too into price because I know um, – I have a lot of other content out there that talks about price, so I won't get too into it. Okay, let's go on to the news items here I have for you. First section I have here for you is on state-sponsored stablecoins. Of course, I talked about this in my 2020 predictions. Uh, I think this obviously is a growing narrative, and we'll see this um, uh, these state-sponsored stablecoins start taking the place of altcoins in general. Um, All coins have been dying. All coins will continue to die. Um, Maybe not as quickly as they were over the last two years, but they'll just kind of slide into irrelevance. I just recently read something about Ripple being really close to being found a security. That's a possibility. Uh, So when things like that happen, and also (laughs) Ethereum 2.0 coins could be seen as a security as well because they're a different asset. All of these things kind of will merge together to chase people away from the hopium that is altcoins. And most people have left. Most people have. There's very few uh, altcoiners left. And many of them, as we'll talk about here in a minute, I'm going to talk about the Nakamoto.com stuff. Many of the altcoiners that are left are the scammers themselves, right? Because they still have money. <laughs> and they they think they can just rinse and repeat their old Things here again in the space, but uh, I have some important stuff to point out about that. But first is the state sponsored stable coins. All right, so before we jump into the new stuff that just came out, uh, we're all waiting on the digital yuan, of course, that's supposed to be out here uh, sometime at the beginning of this year, first half of this year. Uh, Turkey just released a state sponsored gold backed coin or token. And so that's live right now. It's supposed to be facilitating gold trade. Of course, they'll figure out shortly that they don't get any efficiency from this at all. They might as well just do it 100% centralized. But this speaks to the learning curve that they're all going to go through. <laughs> it's kind of amazing to, or surreal to sit here and watch the state bureaucrats or the state entities Uh, go through the same learning curve that we all kind of have been uh, going on over the last six to eight years. Uh, People usually find this space, they learn about the technology, and they think, oh, we can apply that technology to other things. Um, Bitcoin, poo-poo on Bitcoin, it's actually the technology behind Bitcoin that's so great. And many people, most people go on that journey, um, and you get to watch their learning curve. And that's why I said that there's not many altcoiners left. Well, they all kind of have progressed on this learning curve and they become Bitcoiners now or, you know, they're holding their Bitcoin. You know, they've turned into hodlers versus screaming about blockchain, all the, all the things. But we're going to see real time these state bureaucrats go on the same journey and slowly but surely just fade away. We saw this also in the enterprise blockchain space. Uh, that's obviously cooled down now. Uh, we could see a little bit more action in there because Not everyone has learned their lesson yet, but, um, for the most part, like the biggest hype is over. We're on the downward slope here of enterprise blockchain and also altcoins overall. I mean, the new rise of the new altcoins is going to be these, uh, state sponsored stable coins and we'll get to watch their learning curve. Okay. So two new ones are. Baidu they launched a public beta for their super chain and I'm not sure if that's like the name of the network or the name of the coin it said name of the coin is super chain but that doesn't really make any sense um, I went to their website and it's just buzzword city uh, it looks like they have a functioning network because you can go to a block explorer and see their three second block times come through that's uh, pretty crazy I don't. I don't know exactly about the token yet. If it's a stablecoin or if it has its own supposed to have its own uh, speculative value. What else do we know about this? Well, it is, of course, it's a state-approved blockchain tech out of China, so that's a big deal. Um, they have master nodes. They call them super nodes. So it's not proof of stake, and that's not proof of work. It's supposed to be a smart contract platform with sharding and a DAG. Just like IOTA. So it's like an IOT thing. And uh, they maybe side chains, they allude to the word side chains. Of course, it's translated. So I don't know exactly whether they mean side chains or shards. Uh, but then you could have other consensus mechanisms on these side chains, like distributed proof of stake, proof of stake. I don't think you could do proof of work, but it's possible. I mean, everything just. Let's just bundle up all these buzzwords and throw them in. Let's make a, let's make a platform that has every fucking thing. That's what this kind of s- seems like. Uh, like I said, three second block times build is 20,000 transactions per second. And it is open source, at least partially. And there's probably a lot of the code that isn't open source, but um, interesting. Okay. So this is coming out of China. This is kind of our first glimpse. If the, Digital you want is anything like this. It's going to be a cluster, right? They threw every frickin' thing in over the last four years. They threw it in and they just made it tick. (laughs) It's like a Frankenstein. It's a Frankenstein stable coin from Baidu here. And if that is the thing we expect from China, uh, well, you know, that's what we're going to get. Okay. Next. Just brand spanking new. This just came out in the last couple of days. A uh, Some lawmakers in New York, New York State, they proposed a stable coin for New York. They're calling it like hyper localized stable coin. And it's supposed to, <laughs> they're calling their ledger inclusive value ledger. So when you uh, get like tax refunds from the state, you're supposed to be able to get them on this ledger. You can make peer-to-peer payments through this thing. Um, of course, fee which is, if you've been around the space for a long time, that's a dead giveaway red flag that this thing doesn't work the way they say. Uh, they're calling it a public Venmo. I mean, just reading this article, which of course I'll link in the show notes. I'll link you guys to all this stuff in the show notes. It's also links to it in my newsletter. Bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash report. Uh, every week you'll get my newsletter. You get links to things like this that I'm talking about here. Um, but anyway, th- reading this, I just couldn't stop giggling to myself. Uh, it's funny. Why not just use a centralized thing? Make a state bank that has state accounts. <laughs> That's what this is. It's crazy. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. All right. The next story I have here is this Nakamoto.com, and if it was well, you kind of know it was a slow news week. If this was the biggest story for three or four days, um, but Nakamoto.com is a project that was launched by a bunch of altcoiners, and they are they have a bunch of contributors. They had several real Bitcoiners that were contributors, and one I know Tour has left. Tour de Meester has left, but I don't know if others have yet. Um, but they put this together and you have to be quote unquote pro BTC or pro Bitcoin to be a contributor to the site. But when I read you this list of people, this is just a sampling of the major shit coiners and scammers that they have on here that they're saying are pro Bitcoin. All of these people have either launched an altcoin or have taken anti-Bitcoin stances at every opportunity in, in Bitcoin's history. So here's a list real quick. Uh, Vitalik, Zuko, Brian Armstrong, Brendan Eich, Meltem, Roger Ver, Dan Lermer, Kyle Sal- Salmani, and others. So those are just outright anti-Bitcoin people. And they're saying that they're pro-Bitcoin here. Um, it's, it's scandalous. It really is scandalous. I, I don't really care. Too much about this, really. I mean, it's what I thought I I took a couple days to absorb this news. I didn't really feel like jumping in the fray right away. There were a lot of Bitcoiners that did jump in the fray, and they were being censored on the Telegram group and all sorts of things. Um, even though they this group says they want open discussion, but then they censor all these these pro real pro Bitcoin people. Um Anyway, so I kind of held off for a while because I wanted to see where this goes. I liked that people jumped on them right away and didn't, you know, got their pitchforks out and wouldn't let them get, wouldn't let them get away with this. This is kind of a, an example of self-regulation in a way. And I'm a big fan of, you know, toxicity is a way to keep scammers at bay. So we don't want the SEC. We want toxicity because that keeps, uh, without regulation that keeps people on top of things and you get called out, right? And then you can build a reputation. Like uh, myself, I've been doing my podcast for three years and at every major turn I've been right on my calls. And uh, so, you know, hopefully you build a reputation up and then people can listen to you about what your opinion of something XYZ is, right? Not that you have any sort of enforcement capability, but uh, you can be toxic towards them and people will listen to others that have been right over and over and over and have a reputation. I think that's the best way, uh, at this time at least, that we know of. That's the best way to self-regulate is through toxicity. Um Anyway, so these people were trying to be uh, get their pitchforks out and keep these people accountable, and they were censored on their open discussion forums and things. Um So after a couple of days, I absorbed this, and I said, you know, it's kind of a good thing that That they're doing pro-Bitcoin or pro-BTC because it means that they can't do pro-crypto and they can't do pro-blockchain anymore, right? It means we're winning. We're winning the war of rhetoric and they have to fall back to Bitcoin to maybe rinse and repeat to get their next scam going. It speaks a lot of a falling Ponzi, right? So that's what I believe. All Most of these coins were Ponzi schemes. And when Ponzi schemes break up, maybe there's some people, they try to revive it, and maybe it does revive for a little while. You see these echo pumps and things. Um, and that's what I believe is going on here. They're trying to revitalize these Ponzi schemes, and it's not going to work. And they even are admitting to this when they use pro-Bitcoin instead of pro-crypto or pro-Ethereum or pro-blockchain or pro smart contracts or, you know, pick your poison out there, whatever it is. They're using pro BTC because that is what works. Yeah. Bitcoin is what works. So this is a good sign. Um, also the term maxi, I just want to make a comment here. So they separated maximalist from Bitcoin maximalist because first off, they want to take that Bitcoin term away from a Bitcoin maximalist. They want to separate. Um, maximalism from monetary maximalism or convergence. They want to separate these ideas. So maxi is like uh, separating us from the term Bitcoin. But I believe that's subconsciously. I mean, yes, they're trying to be extremely offensive by using that term. So anybody that's using that term is not only trying to be extremely offensive, they're trying to separate you from Bitcoin. They're trying to say, you are not part of Bitcoin, right? And, um, you are just a maxi. Anyway, I think that means we're winning as well. So they're pro Bitcoin. We're maxis. They're trying, they're trying to push us away. They're trying to get our middle ground. And we have to stand that middle ground. We have to be the Bitcoiners. We have to be the uh, Bitcoin maximalists and the pro Bitcoin people and chase these little scammers out of here. We're winning. We have the high ground. All of these altcoins are down 90%. All of these altcoins are suffering and bleeding. There was just another story out. This 99% of altcoin volume is fake. We're winning. We have the high ground. Push, push, push. They are admitting that pro BTC, pro Bitcoin is the way to be. That's what they're going to try to push for their next scam. Okay. <laughs> Uh next one. Let's go on to finally we can get to this. Is it priced in or is it not? So Joe Weisenthal and some others out there are talking about if is it priced in, is the havening priced in. And you know they're big efficient market hypothesis. I I I'm aware of efficient market hypothesis, and I know that it's been around in Bitcoin's what do you want to call it? Social milieu for the last few years. Uh, but I thought it had been debunked. It, had, it It's pretty thoroughly debunked because, you know, the whole idea behind efficient market hypothesis is that anything, any information is already in the price and that you can't beat the market. So the best thing to do is index your funds because you cannot beat the market. Of course, yeah, like I said, I thought this had been debunked because of all these bubbles, right? Efficient market hypothesis says there are no such thing as bubbles, but we know there is, and we've seen them you know two massive bubbles, including the financial crisis in the last twenty years so uh, these are like huge bigger than six sigma events that happened within a few years' time, and that should debunk the efficient market hypothesis, but it doesn't they hold on to it um I think it's a perversion they've actually done a good job. Of hijacking this idea of information and prices. So the Hayekian idea that prices convey information. It's not really Hayek. It's, it's an Austrian idea. Um, and this is the problem with socialism is economic calculation can't be done, right? And because prices convey information about the market. And EMH has really hijacked that to the extreme, saying that these prices are always exactly perfect and rational at that time and that you cannot know anything more than what's in the prices um it's a perversion of this idea but anyway so they say that the havening is priced in because we know it's coming it's a well-known fact that it's coming of course it can't be priced in we don't know we know the supply yes we know the supply but we do not know the demand we do not know what uh, how many articles will be written. We don't know how many views those articles will get. We don't know what effect this uh, this whole thing will have on people. So we do, it's a feedback loop of the halvening and the halvening hype cycle and the news and yet attention and all that. We don't know the effect of that. Um, also, we Bitcoin's a Veblen good. And for those kind of new to Bitcoin and new to this space... A Veblen good is a, a backwards demand, a backwards demand curve. So usually a demand curve goes, as price goes up, demand goes down. It's the opposite for a Veblen good. As the price goes up, the demand goes up. We see this sometimes in luxury items. So um, a watch that is $100, uh, it might actually have more demand if they make it more uh, if they raise the price, uh, because it'll be seen as more of a luxury good, uh, collector's cars, we we see this all over the place. But that demand curve eventually falls back on itself because of, well, indivisibility of those items. So, and eventually you get to a point where the market won't support the price anymore, and it'll it'll come back the other way. But with Bitcoin, you can divide it. So you can always just divide it smaller until a Satoshi becomes, you know, a dollar or something like that. So uh, as a Veblen good, we don't know what the effect will be either. Okay, I'll get you some in a minute. Close the door, please. Okay, close the door, please. So we don't know the effect of the feedback loop of the Havening, and we don't know the effect of demand going up it could just get out of hand like it always does it always overshoots and comes back right so the, it cannot be priced in it cannot be priced in and that's that's my quick little summary of that i hope that was uh, made sense and wasn't rambling but guys thank you so much for joining me my name is ansel linder this is bitcoin and markets sign up for the newsletter become a member and support my content on patreon Links are in the description and on the website. The news, uh, what will the show notes? The show notes will be at bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E196 for this episode. Okay, guys, see you next week. Peace. Go, Bitcoin.